Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And we have a lot to be thankful for in the sport of college football. This past weekend was insane. We are approaching championships. We are approaching seasons on the line. And we are going to overreact to everything from this past weekend on this lovely overreaction Monday. My name is Greg Waddell. I am joined tonight by Michael Felder, by George Whitfield. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. You can find us on the SiriusXM app. And you can watch us on the YouTube channel, The Field of 12, if you're watching us over there. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to watch us, by the way. If you're just listening to us, you should probably want to see the visuals on this. You never know what Michael Felder and George Whitfield are going to bring to the table. Felder's always got this backdrop. He's got hats. He's got footballs behind him. George has got jerseys as far as the eye can see. So go to the YouTube channel. Click subscribe while you're there. Jump in the comments. And uh, we'll try to make it fun for you. We're going to go for about an hour tonight. And overreact to everything we saw this past weekend. But as always, we must start our show with the toasts. So Felder, let's go to you first. What are you toasting to tonight to kick off the show? Uh, honestly, man, I've been dealing with a lot of family stuff. I'm going to toast to my to my grandpa, uh, the guy that got. I can't do this job without him. Grandpa passed away a couple of weeks ago. We just had his funeral, and he's the guy that got me into sports. That got my entire family into sports. He put sports on. TV every even when he lost his his vision he could he couldn't see but he could see that we weren't watching sports and he made sure we always watch sports so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers to uh John L Felder John L Felder sir John L Felder cheers That's right what you got George I am I was of many minds obviously it's gonna be hard to follow up John L Felder um so mine's going to be more surface, more fandom. Uh, and one of the great stories in college football, and I'm going to go around the game. Yeah. We all are geeked up about that, but I'm going to go to Fort Collins. Yes. I can't, I just, I mean, not Fort Collins, sorry, Fort Worth. What am I talking about, Fort Collins? Fort Worth. 
if I'm an engineering student who's a freshman on that campus today, if I'm a member of the band, if I'm a member of that faculty, if I'm part of the, the on-campus security, if I'm the dude that locks and unlocks doors on that campus, I'm rocking my purple and silver all day because my frogs are undefeated. I hope the story keeps going for these guys. They haven't had water in a long time down there in Fort Worth. Michael Felder just put up the hook'em frogs or the horn frogs. TCU horn frogs. Keep the story going, baby. Keep rolling. Mm -hmm. Cheers. And just so we all do know, we do know that the horn frogs are not amphibians. They are actually reptiles. Indeed. Oh. There you go. What's the what's the difference, Felder? What's the difference? Give us some anatomy here. They're 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 reptiles. They have a cloaca and they are they're they're closer related to lizards than they are to actual frogs. Wow. Okay. What do you say? Learn something new every night, man. I, it's not just football. Actually, I'm used to Felder bringing out the notepad. He's got his notes always. I, was oh, I got him. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. I'll keep this short and sweet. I won't go into too much detail. We're not gonna talk about this guy tonight. Maybe we will later this week, depending on what news breaks. But if there's one figure in college football that I think is sitting back right now, right this very second, with a hefty cocktail in his hand, I think that's Lane Kiffin. Hello. All cheers to you, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> and, and, and his agent. And his agent. Them. Yes. Yeah. And there that's, are chess moves being made, sir. We'll we'll leave it at that. And uh maybe no teasers, but maybe later this week we can break some news down there. For now, we'll just leave it at a simple cheers. Tonight, gentlemen, we're gonna get into a lot of great things that I'm excited to hear uh everything that you guys have to say about. We're gonna talk USC. Obviously, we are going to talk about the game, Michigan, Ohio State, with Heisman implications, with playoff implications galore. We got to talk Clemson. They're quietly just hanging around with that one loss, looking like they're going to be the ACC champions. Can they still make the playoff? Uh, we've even got some more surprises in store later in the show. But first, we got to start with what I think was the surprise of the week, which was Tennessee taking their second L of the season. Spencer Rattler. I mean... Uh, look, the narrative of this guy, his career arc at this point, I don't think anybody could have necessarily predicted sure. this performance, given all we've seen from him. Six touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, and it, it has to be said on the front end, Hendon Hooker, torn ACL. That's yep. tragic news. You hate to see that. That's This mm -hmm. is a guy who defined this season of college football to me with his play in the front half of the year. Uh, so, George, let's just go to you first. Obviously, a shocking result. Does this result mean that the SEC is now locked in to just one team in the college football playoff? Not at all. Not at all. The, the SEC came into this weekend, as I think Felder they have in the last couple weekends. These guys got seemingly three or four different ways to get two in. Oh, if we can't get that, we got that. Okay, if he's not in, he's in. He's rolling right there. And if he can't cover that stand-up, he got it right there. They got so many combinations. It's one if Georgia wins out now. Right. If LSU beats them, like just even simpler terms, Georgia has a seat. Come win, lose, draw, or whatever happens at LSU, they could really rest their starters, take the loss, and they're still going on in. Maybe not that drastic, but LSU winning 
Georgia still goes. Georgia wins, Georgia goes. So LSU could make it a two-team deal there. But that's okay. that's the only way. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way. And for to get to 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 get to win, that means that Georgia will have to not try against right. against LSU. And I don't think that's gonna happen. Am I wrong, Greg? Am I wrong, Greg? Well, I, I think it was you and I, Felder, last week that uh I, I like to play my hypothetical games on this show. And I, I think I, I posed I the hate question. Them. I know. I don't blame you. You're not the only one. But I think I posed the question of, like, if you're Georgia, isn't it kind of running through the back of your mind that, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to see LSU make the playoff if you know you're in when when the alternative was going to be Tennessee? Because prior to this past week, I think Tennessee was essentially sitting pretty with one loss. Yeah. And if Georgia had lost to LSU in the title, then that was blown up. So now that that's gone, I don't know if – there's any sort of mental games going on um i mean I, look georgia's not gonna have a slip up the way tennessee did right they host georgia no. tech and then they're gonna be 15 point favorites if not more against lsu in the sec championship so i think from my side like i i think this is pretty much a done deal it's one team yeah. um is is there you guys both agree 100 if lsu wins the sec with two losses they're bumping somebody out correct I yeah you, you gotta put them in you gotta put Michael, there's no way one can walk around with the SEC championship belt and be out on the sidewalk. They will get into this exclusive. So who gets bumped out? Now it'd that's be, the question. And it'd and be Clemson, right? It would have to be. Clemson would be out. You're talking LSU goes in, Georgia goes in, Big Ten champ is in. Yeah. The undefeated so it, TCU. Or, yes, an undefeated TCU also bumps out USC and so, Clemson. So USC and Clemson. TCU would, would, would if they hold serve, they mm -hmm. have their seat locked. Because they have that special thing that the other two coastal conferences don't have, which is an undefeated conference champ. They can okay. hold those guys out if they win. They lose, they're going to be the first one to get jumped out. Sure. Hey, can I so, say one quick thing on the quarterbacks of this game? The game is so – I hate to, like, say, like, Shakespearean, but all year we watched the story of Hendon Hooker. Rise, rise, roll, roll. They have a seat for him in New York, and I hope he still keeps his seat in New York. Right. Really, truly. He'll miss, what, next week's game, and that's it. He's, he still has a whole body of work. But we watched this – whole like just incredible saga with Hendon Hooker it lands at South Carolina at the same time look what comes launching out of there on the same field same night Rattler's redemption same field same game yeah Spencer Rattler as a country we watched him in the QB1 show and all that we work with him at Elite 11. Then he yep. gets to Oklahoma. We know all that happened at Oklahoma. Waiting in the wings, finally gets his turn. When he finally steps out there to start, the most megawatt quarterback in college football, who's still green, is sitting behind you and Caleb Williams. You go through all that. They boo you in your own home student section. You make peace. You transfer. 
You really can't get it going in South Carolina on a national level. You have some good wins. But damn, if one of the biggest games of your life doesn't happen in one of the biggest home games South Carolina's had. Greg, run his, run his statistics back again from that game. It's just worth hearing it again. Oh, 100% it is. Let me get them just to make sure. I know it was six touchdowns, mm-hmm. zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull the yards. Hold on. We've got 438 Four, yeah. yards. 438. 30 completions on 37 attempts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, oh, that's 2K numbers. I know. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I'll, I'll, I'm going to cobble it all together and just say between Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler, yep. and, and Hendon Hooker. Yep. Redemption. All change, of them. Change can be good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> change can yes. be good. Yes. Yeah, we're seeing the positive side of uh, you know, this whole transfer era that we've entered in collegiate yeah. sports. And sometimes sometimes the narrative goes the other way, right? Like anytime the guy doesn't transfer and sticks it out, there's a lot of praise when it works like that, but it's not always and, necessarily a bad and thing. All three bested the programs they left. Right. Yeah. Rattler, every time he looks up to see what Oklahoma's done, they either got blown out, took an L, or just squeaked past somebody. He has more wins in Oklahoma. Bo Nix, he got off of a ship that is now underwater, and they will be under new management here. Could be tonight. <laughs> and Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker could not find his way on to, and or solidify his way on the Virginia Tech starting offense, which now, what, three, four wins? I'll take my bag and, and, and my little desk uh you know, they, they they pack your box up. I'll take my cardboard box. I'll go to Tennessee. And now I'm slaying not only the Roman army, I'm going down to get those Bayou Bengals. I'm putting myself in position to go to New York. All three found new, not just new life, Michael Gray, but I'm talking life better than what it would have been when they got told no. And again, sometimes when God closes the door, he opens up a giant sliding wall of glass for you. I mean, just really, truly. God bless the portal. Okay, I give it back. <laughs> so, Felder, I, uh, I I feel like we need to at least hit quickly on some X's and O's sure. uh, in this game because, uh, sadly, with the way just college football is covered these days, it's so playoff-driven. It's yep. so who's still in it. And I think it's a little sad that this is the way Tennessee's season ends because they've been such a just a, a narrative driver for the whole sport for me. I think at their best this year, this was the most fun football team to watch in college football. It's a little bit of a shame that they're not going to be there, quite frankly, from my end. But if, for the last time, if this is the last time we're truly breaking down Tennessee for the mm-hmm. remainder of this season, what was South Carolina able to do in this game? And what were they able to find that other teams have not been able to exploit this season against the Vols? Uh, they lined up like Tennessee. And if you go back and look, you'll see that they 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 look like speed and space as well. But then they attacked the middle. And they were running double digs. They were running levels. And Tennessee was so worried about the top, the periphery, that they had guys – It's it's – this is one of the things that I think about all the time. And 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 Wit, you correct me if I'm wrong, but what I saw in that game was a lot of digs, a lot of slants, a lot of skinnies. And what they did was get guys wide. And then mm-hmm. once you get a DB on your high side, 
mm-hmm. that DB's not between you and the quarterback. You break it in. That's an easier throw. It's an easier throw when the DB's not in between. When it if it's quarterback wide receiver DB, that's an easier throw than quarterback DB wide receiver. And because they were doing that, they did a lot of it. Uh, the touchdown that my man had, like that, like just catches a, a quick slant or catches a, a quick in, and then he just scoots in between everybody, bad tackling, and now we got a touchdown. Tennessee's hasn't been known for tackling all year. Which got him, and it really hit him. Yeah. The other couple things they did real well, Felder, third down, eight out of 11. Mm-hmm. Eight out of 11. There wasn't even a punt in the game, I don't think, until the third quarter. Right. Eight out of 11 on third downs, which you got to take your hat off to that South Carolina offensive staff, staying ahead of the chains. Yep. They ran for 153 yards, so mm-hmm. they still stayed true to that. 153 yards is some solid work against that Tennessee front seven. Yeah. But passing-wise, Felder is right. Not only were they still throwing efficiently, they weren't really dinking and dunking. And when they were playing it short, receivers are breaking the first tackle. 12 yards per pass play. Yeah. You're getting nearly a first down every time you call something. And Michael's right. Greg, when they do widen that box out with the formation, you drag those linebackers out and you scoot those safeties back and they just start carving up. The the deal that has to now take place, timing and accuracy on your quarterback. Which is what Rattler is good at. Which he's very good at. He's very good at. If for those of you at home who's like, what is Spencer Rattler's game? He he is closer to a Garoppolo, yes, or a a, a Kirk Cousins. Like, and again, those He's, two make nine figures, and he, they're they're hey, bona fide starters. Um, Lincoln Riley and Lincoln Riley was not he wasn't lying when he said that Spencer Rattler is the best thrower of the football that he's coached. This guy. Mm-hmm. This guy can hit his spots. Yeah. He just needs to know where the spots are. And on Saturday night, he knew where the spots were. Yep. Remember those old Atlanta Braves pitchers? Uh, Glavin, Smoltz. Uh, Maddox. Maddox. None of those guys, like, blew you over with the ball. They just paint corners. They were surgical. Yeah. They understood your tendencies better than you could pick up theirs. Yep. And then all of a sudden they got you out here fishing, fishing out. You're out. They're not the big behemoth 106 mile an hour guy, 102 mile an hour. Right. Guy. They're not Randy Johnson. They're not. And they're that's Rattler. Fastballs come in at 90, 91, but you're out here fishing for it. And he really put it uh put it together. But that's eight perfect. out of eleven on third down Unbelievable. for a full game. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it was special stuff. All right. Uh, well, Tennessee, I just want to say on behalf of the Field of 12 Network to your football program, thank you for the entertainment this year. Thank you okay. for all the stories we got to talk about because it was a pleasure to cover this football team. And no, the season is not over, although Hendon Hooker's is. We all hope we get to see him at the Heisman Trophy. At the Heisman, indeed. Hooker for the Heisman, sir. Well, Not at least gone yet. It's I'm not right gone yet. There. I need to I need to see him. I need to see him in, in what is it, end of April, start of May. That's when I want to see him. Yeah. Go get, yeah. Go get good, good that point. bread. Good point. Amen good to point. that. All right. Let's move uh out west. We we mentioned Lincoln quickly. Let's go to his land. USC. Uh a big, 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 big win. I don't know how many times I can say big. 
They come from behind. They're down early in that game to UCLA. Uh, Caleb Williams, phenomenal, 470 yards, three touchdowns. And USC is now in pole position to win this Pac-12 conference. We've talked about how this conference has sort of cannibalized itself this year. Yes. Bunch of teams knocking each other off. I mean, Washington, I looked at the standings today. All of a sudden, Washington's sitting there with just two losses on the year after it seemed like they had two losses two months ago. And uh, there's a lot of good football teams in that league. USC, if they can come out of it, I have a hard time believing that they might get snubbed from that college football playoff. So for the purpose of overreaction Monday, Felder, if USC wins out, they're in. Am I right or wrong? You're right. I think they're in. Mm. I mean, I, I, I think they've got to be in. I mean, we're talking, we're not just talking USC. We're talking about a brand that goes. They go hard. Because here's the thing. Let's think about what we've already said. US, we've already said that Georgia's in. We've already said Ohio State's in, right? TCU, if they went out, they're in. You throw USC in the mix, let's get froggy, baby. Let's go. USC, USC against Ohio State or USC against Georgia, that's a game? Come to on. watch, just to watch. I don't know if it's going to be really a 12-rounder, but it's oh, certainly I don't. be. I don't need it. I'm not talking about it. Did you see what I'm doing? I'm not talking about a 12. Oh, round. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratings for sure. For money. sure. I mean, hey, I need money for my family. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, I, you, you got to put them in. And, and this is the part that's been precarious for TCU for a long time, for the last back half of the season. TCU has already had this happen to them. Yep. They've already had Ohio State go three spots ahead of them and be like, yep. hey, man, we we didn't do anything wrong. They're like, yeah, but we need money for our family. And right. And, and they Ohio they, State, Alabama, we need this game. And, and the TCU, game. they have to be breathing very, very like cautiously down there. Yeah. I talked I, I talk to Brian Eskridge. I talked to Landry Burdine. Like both of those guys, they both are like, they have to be perfect. Otherwise, any excuse to get them out, to get a team like an Ohio State, to get a team like a Michigan, to get a team like a USC in, they're going to take that. And plus, SC has a nationally televised game, primetime game against Notre Dame. Yeah. Carson Palmer won his Heisman against Notre Dame doing this. The, the other teams have made a big splash back in the BCS and these big primetime November get close to Thanksgiving games. They got that. Following week, they'll have what? Oregon or Utah in a mm -hmm. big primetime Pac-12 game. If they beat both of those two teams, it's going to be awfully noisy. Awfully noisy coming from Southern California. That is enough. That's enough spring for them to get over TCU possibly even undefeated one thing i keep watching when i watch sc yeah i keep saying it they're a year ahead they're a year ahead this is how sure. somebody, how cool is that how cool is that then i remember in the last dance you guys remember the last dance like the michael jordan the most, doc yes the most anticipated thing in the world because now COVID hit and now here we get it i remember bj armstrong saying when jordan returned back to the bulls the dynamic changed. And he said, Michael's job was to close the game out. 
He let us play. Our job was to get the game competitive down the back stretch, and he will go in and win it. And I, and I keep like trying to, how do you fit this around SC? To me, that's close to SC. They're not narc, knockout artists. They don't pounce on you early. Arizona was within a touchdown. Cal was within eight. They get past UCLA after DTR throws three interceptions. Yep. It's still only a field goal. Doesn't matter. If you have Caleb Williams on the field, and from defense, special teams, and all the stuff he's already doing down the first three quarters, get me in the fourth quarter. I'll win this. I'll close it out. And that's just what he's been doing. That's the, that is the best way I can process what are the Trojans. They aren't knockout artists. They've been winning all these split decisions, but they have Caleb Williams. So really, if you put him in any game, if USC is able to kind of Hang you around. know, smoking mirrors or hang around or tie up gloves or do whatever it is, and they get in around 10, 11, 12 with any of these teams, they have Caleb Williams. It's going to be like the story slowly is how much can he will these guys to do uh, coming down these next two weeks, and then we'll see what he does in the playoffs if they get there. So I, George, I got oh, go ahead, Tommy. No, 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 you go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll throw a quick number and then I'll throw it right back to you. But um, so it, t- I think to your point about not being a knockout artist, right? They haven't thrown the first punch in a game in a month. If you go back and look at first quarters, and we're not talking death row here of opponents, right? They played Arizona, Cal, Colorado, and then UCLA. They've been tied or trailing at the end of the first quarter in all four of those games. Wow. And yep. Have they found a way to win? Hell yeah, they have because of Caleb Williams. But it's just interesting to me because I I wonder when the quality of opponent goes up, which I don't know if you would say that it is against Notre Dame. That's a team that people are very polarized on. Um, But certainly whoever they get in the Pac-12 championship and then if they got to the playoff, that's the type of thing where do you really want to find yourself two scores down to Georgia? And I know Caleb Williams can climb out of any hole from what we've seen, but that's a hole I don't know that that team has seen yet. Felder, what were you going to say, though? I, I What I was going to say was, it's very similar to what you're going to say, is I just, PCU's done the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Slow out of the blocks. And then they get, they, they try to get it going. The big thing for me with USC, and and, and I know, George, I know you're, 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 you're a quarterback guy. You, quarterbacks make the world go round. But I think that that play calling and that scheme – Yes. Is impressive. Fits. It fits. The touchdown that Jordan Addison scored in the third quarter that put them up. The deep sideline right shot. Yes, but it it wasn't just a deep sideline right shot. It was tight end, tight end on a wing, Jordan Addison in the backfield. Mm. As a running back, the the actual running back split out wide. And, and Greg, UCLA was completely it, confused. And just for those who are rolling with us, the Cowboys did this way back when they put T.O. in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Defenses kind of blindly look at offensive players like personnel like packages. They just look at certain packages. If I'm a linebacker, right. I have whoever is back there next to the quarterback. Bingo. Very rarely do they turn and specify he's wearing a single digit or an 80-something number. If I'm a corner, 
whoever comes trotting all the way out by the boundary, I have I go there regardless. So if you send a fullback out to me as a corner, oh, I guess I got him. And you put your best receiver in the backfield. Bingo. This 250-pound linebacker, oh, I guess I got him. And that's what Michael Felder is saying. Just by switching roles, not effectiveness, just by switching roles, it triggers matchups that no one wants on defense. Who cares? <laughs> Go guard our fullback. Take your 4-3-5 corner and guard that fullback. Guard mm -hmm. the hell out of him. And then good luck with this linebacker in the middle. Yep. And that's what Felder is saying. And again, going back to Lincoln Riley, these two are in a mesh, really, in a way, Ryan Day and Stroud are, mm -hmm. Hooker and, and um, um, what's Heupel. Yeah. And still O'Brien and, and um, Bryce Young. Yeah. But when you see that pitcher catcher deal, that mm -hmm. type of certain that type of synergy, I know what you are. I know how to get the most out of you. I mean, it's it's vicious. Plus, they already had a year together at Oklahoma. Yep. A lot of familiarity coming into this deal. Now mm -hmm. Caleb just gets to just steer the shit. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's dangerous. I don't think any, even if you're a Georgia fan, if you're an Ohio State fan, I don't think there's a fan out there who would say they're not a little bit afraid in their core deep down of what Caleb Williams could do. Uh, and obviously that pairing with Lincoln is a major, major reason why. Uh, so I just quickly, and then we'll move because we got a lot of other stuff to get to still. And I'm holding us up because I'm, I, I'm loving this conversation so much, quite frankly, but uh, so back to the idea of, okay, USC is just in, they control their own destiny, right? Sure. Yeah. What's the stat? What? What's the stack ranking of teams who control their own destiny? Because Georgia's in no matter what. Big Ten champ is in no matter what. That's Correct. a that's a win this game, you're in game. I would think, it, regardless of what we want to say for ratings, just given how many teams have lost games this year, uh -huh. I got to think undefeated TCU Big 12 champ would be third. Am I wrong on that? Like, does USC really jump up ahead of, TCU in that order or is this a maybe they jump I don't know Clemson like Clemson's still on the peripheral of this they would jump the the loser of Michigan Ohio State they're Who's already ahead of, they're already ahead of Clemson they're ahead of Clemson already I think Clemson's out I think Clemson should just get their mind wrapped around going to somewhere nice sunny get you some nice little bowl gifts go see a nice team get the new wave up and running Clemson does don't stress yourself on this stuff. Clemson don't <laughs> stress yourself. Just go be easy. The ones who should be locked in TCU USC and LSU. You got to keep going down to Baton Rouge. If we're talking about teams that can control their destiny, no one has to get a bigger win than LSU. Sure. Win in Atlanta. You go lose home. And it's the same for TCU, and it's the same for USC. So really, truly, LSU is sitting at the same table, not as clean, not as strong, but same fate. Yeah. Same fate. So is that is LSU third in that rank then? If those three teams win out, if USC wins out one loss, Pac-12 champ, TCU wins out undefeated Big 12 champ, LSU wins out, beats Georgia two loss SEC champ. LSU's in for sure, but they're not the number one seed. Sure, LSU, and then and then we'll the get Georgia on the winning. back end. Then that's four. 
It said no, because then you still you still got Michigan, Ohio State, though. Somebody's got to be out from that. If group. LSU wins, the Big Ten champ is the number one seed because they're yes. the two teams sitting yes. behind them. So it'd be Big Ten champ first seed. I think LSU's probably fourth. Maybe they're third if if TCU gets in. Big Ten champ one. You could still put Georgia. I don't know what they do with Georgia LSU. If I lose to you. Could I still stay ahead of you? Either way, those three teams are in. Big Ten champ and two from SEC. And then then TCU. So it it would be USC who then gets outside looking in, right? But wait a second. We just said it 15 minutes ago. And, Felder, you made the great point. If the Trojans, with the brand they have, go into South Bend and then have a big, another big knockout game against some heavyweight, it's either going to be Utah as a top 10 team or an Oregon as a top 10, 12 team. They beat those two teams. We just talked about how USC now could have enough spring to hop over the frogs, but even an undefeated you, frog. No, you can't leave an undefeated power five team out. You cannot. Or at least I don't think you can do that in a year where you're putting a two loss team in. I think you might yes. be able to do it with a one-loss team, but right. well, two just, SEC teams with two, with one with two would be crazy. Technically, we didn't put LSU in there. They got themselves in there. Oh, sure. They just, only got themselves in there by the crown. They had to go get that that crown. Sure, and I understand. I'm just – all I'm saying is the, the, five, the six guys that made the decision on what the playoff is going to be, the five conference commissioners plus Jack Swarbrick from Notre, from Notre Dame – None of them signed up to have one of their undefeated teams not get true. in. They Very never true. signed up for that, and they that will never happen. So, but I, I always go back when I hear that, I always go back when they all sat down, knowing you have a four seat dance, we have five conferences, and sure. there's an absolute way that all of our conference champs could be undefeated. Somebody's not getting in. Except so they had to have seen the scenario already. We could have an undefeated whoever champ. And go home. That's like, if sure. If there was an undefeated ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve, SEC, and an undefeated Notre Dame, which you didn't even need Notre Dame. You still got five no, conference champs. Notre Dame is a part of it. I know they're a part of it, but I'm what saying I'm, what I the point that I'm making is if there was an undefeated if that happened where all five plus Notre Dame were undefeated, they would have to make a hard decision. They bet on the idea that this will never happen. Or that they don't want to go to eight because you either go to four or eight. Going to six means you get a first round bye. You don't, it, just for that scenario, you just need one more undefeated team to be left out. So five suffices because you only have four. Notre Dame doing that also is, is just more havoc. But I'm saying they had to have looked at this. And when they get inside there, and I'm telling you, when that when I texted Andy Staples and Felder, it might have been you and I on here about a month ago or five uh-huh. weeks ago. And right when the very first polls came out, Greg, I, I texted Staples, who's a, a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. I said, do they lean resume or do they lean four best teams? And he texted back in all caps, four best teams. Right. I know what we're all saying about resume. And I hope the TCU thing keeps running. But man, oh, man. If if Caleb Williams rips up Notre Dame, rips up Oregon or Utah, I don't know who technically is the two up there. That's two ranked wins, and then he's standing there, and they're saying, "Are we really gonna hold the Trojans out?" 
And TCU also makes that's what TCU's already TCU's already terrified of that. And like, I don't want it to happen to them. I'll be honest with you. I don't want it to happen to them. I don't want to watch them get leapfrogged because it's better television. I don't want it to happen to them. And I'm trying to, I'm I'm like, listen, this is me kind of kind of opening up. I I don't want them to they did if they do everything they're supposed to do. They win every game that they play, every game that's on their schedule. That's not the team that you leave out. That's all I'm saying. That's it. All right. So I'll flip it. Felder, you're in the crib. You're 20 closest buddies. Mm-hmm. You got the man cave. Everybody's down there. The beer is sweating. <laughs> Wings are hot. You got the remote in your hand. And you say, hey. You guys want to watch this TCU Ohio State game, or do you guys want to watch this USC Ohio State game? What do you think you and your closest friends are going to wind up on? Forget the imps, forget their ramifications sure. and who went where. Which game are you, is your crew going to want to see? Everybody's going to go names. That's what we do. That's what people do. Meaning what? They're going to go names. USC is a name. Ohio State's a name. You're going to go name on name. But there's a reason why I name though. People know Nebraska too, and nobody wants to see them. No, well, the people do watch Nebraska. That's the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> Greg, what about you? Twenty of your, your your boys, which game? It's it's the same answer, right? And I think it, it's this conundrum, which is interesting given where the the direction of the sport is going in the postseason. Right. I don't think the 14 playoffs going to last long, so this won't be an issue much longer, but it'll be a field of 12. Yeah, this is the last year, actually. Yep. But so I think to me, uh, like it's it's very interesting because I think while it's it's fair and correct that ratings drive everything, I think. It's a shame because I think one of the things that's robbing college football of something they will experience in a field of 12 format is the fact that it does feel like anyone could actually win this and, or at least have a shot, right? Like that's the beauty. And I know basketball is totally different. I'm a basketball guy, but the beauty of the setup of March is like, Oh, these teams we've never heard of these players. We've never heard of come into our home for three weeks and steal the sport. And there's a sense of, oh, my God, anyone could do it. And in football, like, I mean, if that happens this year, if TCU really runs the table, gets the Big 12 crown, and is shunned for two SEC teams, one of whom lost twice, (laughs) and just two weeks ago on this very show, I mean, we were laughing. We didn't take them seriously as a good team. And credit to them, no shots at LSU, but... To me, that would be a bit of a shame for the sport at that point. And honestly, it would be a pretty on-brand way for the the fourteen playoff to come to an end. Would be for for ratings to be. This is how we go out. Let's get the four biggest media networks in this, and there you go. TCU screwed. Goodbye. We'll see you in the twelve team next year. I just, I just for me, like I and I, 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 I like talking about football so much. That this kind of it's from this having these conversations is frustrating on my end because I like the football part of it, right? I don't care who's in; it doesn't matter to me. But at the end of the day, 
what I want to see is just I just want I just want teams that play good football to be in. And that's not to say that you like we I just highlighted a USC play, right? They they did an amazing job on that play. That was it was great play calling, great play design. Um, we also saw Penn State do the same thing with Parker Washington a couple weeks ago against Ohio State. And with Ohio State, we're watching Ohio State with with um Hayden. All of a sudden, they've got another guy that they've got three different running backs that ran for a hundred yards this season. That's mm. crazy. Like that's insane. We're watching UNC and Drake May lose to Georgia Tech. How? What? Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I like. Like, I don't honestly, like, and this is the thing, and this is the part that people don't like. I don't care who's in the playoff, honestly. I just all I want is get me there because I like the football part of it. I want to see the matchups. I like the the chess match last year, Georgia versus Michigan and figuring out what Georgia's going to do, and then watching Georgia put that play into execution, that's what I love. Alabama versus Ohio State in 2014, and seeing them put that all, seeing seeing Alabama be stressed because Cardell Jones was just pushing the ball vertical, and then Ezekiel Elliott was was killing him underneath. That's all I want to see. That's all I want. So I don't, I don't care who makes it in. I just want to see teams play the best football they can play. And if the matchup works out, then let's make it work. I I very much want to, I care. And and I, res, I respect what Felder's saying. You're saying, look, wake me up when the, all the names are in so I can just watch the games. I want to see who's coming into the ring. To me, if, if there's a, a, a boxing tournament, I want sure. to see four Mike Tysons. Keep that dude out. And and he's he's hot. what's his record? No, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at these guys. I'm looking at you. Sure, but what if TCU's Buster Douglas? A, a, a very good point. Then they'll get a chance to prove it. They'll get a chance, but they're gonna have to win some fights to get on into this thing. Sure. And if they get there, then they they deserve to be there. My whole point is, what a shame it would be if the fifth team or sixth team had the talent, the horses, and the momentum to knock out number four, but four's route and their route were just different routes, and they ran a cleaner path, and it's flatter, and we were mountain climbing, and these guys are riding a bike. I mean, <laughs> I, I I honestly do. I do want to see it. And if USC can run their last two deals and TCU can run their last two deals, then I, I do want to see there and watch us weigh the scales of what what, what was it. The Notre Dame game, what was it? Damn, damn, damn. That was pretty definitive. Uh, they had a big old field goal that bounced twice and then went in. TCU is lopping off heads. I do want to see that. Then sure. once we pull the curtain back, then we can all get in our seats and be like, look, we got it. We all got it. That's why UFC is so exciting. That's why the fight game has always been so exciting. Like nobody, and you guys – like grew up like any of us everybody in the cafeteria or everybody in the school was running out to the schoolyard when two behemoths are fighting if it's two band dudes fighting over whose flute it is that i'm not i'm not being late for class for that i'm late for anything oh who and sure. who? hold up let me get i'm out i'm out i got a detention once for getting out of my seat to go see a fight in the hallway 
from inside the classroom. It was worth it. I want that type of sizzle. Before we now the 12-team playoff, we won't have this drama. Only thing we'll probably turn around and look about is like, does the group of five really need to get this one guest seat in the 12? Can't they go play for their own national championship? But right now, this is going to be the last year we get this drama. And look what all has happened. No Roman army. The two Big Ten behemoths left the rest of the conference behind and are going to settle it on the last day of the season. Uh USC has hung around, hung around, hung around, and now they're outlasting everybody else out west. And I'll be damned if TCU don't still have the lights on down south. And here we go. Everybody's chasing the White Walkers. Yeah. So I – first of all, very nuanced discussion here. I love – honestly, the fact that you guys are on sort of opposite sides of do we care about this, do we not, is fascinating because I I love both of your perspectives on this. The only thing I would just throw into the pot here uh, off of how you ended this, George, would be that I don't think the fight necessarily goes away when the playoff expands. I think the fight just could happen on the field. And like – like or the drama maybe right like you're, oh, yeah, when, you're yeah, yeah. when you're talking the we love the drama we love that all these these killers have to go out and out resume each other outperform and put the the shiniest bow on their season in order to be deserving of a spot yeah maybe the regular season loses luster but if you throw those guys into the pit into the single elimination I still think that drama persists. It just happens on the field going forward. And to to throw onto that, I loved your analogy of a uh, you know two guys at school they get in a fight. My my only thing there would be yeah I don't want to watch the band geek get beat up, but God forbid if the band geek beat up the bully, maybe we still talk about that twenty years from now, right? Well, I'm saying you're not sprinting across the school to go watch the the two kids in the band who one said I'm first chair and the other one said, no, I'm first chair. And these two are just, you know, just bumping each other out. The- I'm not coming for that. I don't even really care about it. If you tell me the D tackle and the catcher in the baseball team, Ooh, I need to go see that. That's worth going to see. Or the, or the, the dude, that's the dope, the dope guy who can, you can always go. He said, what? Time to go. It's that is what that's what you want. Ask Felder. Felder never ran to go see two band members squab. He wanted to go see two silverbacks. That's what you want. Am I right or left, Felder? No, you're right. I just I I think TCU is um I think they are silverback. There you go. There we go. All right. We've spent 47 minutes of this show. I know. uh, Hey, not yeah right that's judy listen we're uh (laughs) we'll do i i think honestly we've we've hit enough tonight that we'll we'll spend the last 10 minutes or so on this topic because it deserves it this is the game the quote-unquote game this is ohio Mm -hmm. state and michigan and this is number two in the country versus number three in the country and there is a playoff spot that will be won in this game we can punch the ticket as soon as we see who is the victor in this game michigan got them last year they didn't play the year before. Ohio State got them a bunch of years before mm, that. Yes. Uh, it, it, back to the overreaction concept of this episode, there's one other narrative that I'm excited for with this one, and I don't think it's the most important narrative in this game, but it's one that fascinates me. Could the Heisman Trophy winner be decided based on who wins this game? 
Is this a C.J. Stroud versus Blake Corum winner gets the Heisman if they have a great day? And obviously, Blake Corum needs to be healthy. But, Felder, let's go to you first here. Do you think that that could happen from this game? I think it could. Um, Could, should is a different word. Um, But I I need to see him healthy, honestly. That's the biggest question for me. Uh, I think that might be the biggest question in the country. We talked about it with at, at the top with Hinden Hooker being out for the season. I mean, Corn fumbled that football because he was grabbing his knee. Right. So we need to see what's going on with him. Um, I want him to be healthy, and this is something that's going to be kind of a through line through everything I say. But, hey, man, if you're not healthy, don't give it a go. Yep. Go get paid. Because this is, is, as much as this game means to people in media or to the fans, at the end of the day, you can't risk getting hurt more right now. That's it. I bet he does give it a go. I bet he hasn't been in any practice reps. I bet they got him sitting on an ice block somewhere. Yep. I bet he does come out. I bet you they even probably go light in the pregame because people don't realize. Yep. Dudes are out there for 90 minutes, Greg, mm-hmm. Michael, out 90, trying to figure I know. out warm. I bet you they go light there and they say, listen, whatever's in there, let's keep the cap on and just put it on Ohio State. They, so to answer your original question, it's win or lose for Stroud. I never thought Corum was within striking distance to, to win I, it on this game. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you think CJ Stroud's been the best player on Ohio State? Because I think Marvin Harrison Jr. has been their best player. So I think Marvin Harrison may be their biggest, like, revelatory star. But I think CJ has steered that ship. They've been consistent. They haven't had, until this past weekend, is the first time they got stressed. They got, okay. they got, they got really put in a corner. But again, he hasn't. Not against Northwestern. Uh, I think Northwestern they got slowed, and the same thing against Notre Dame they got slowed. They got right. put on the floor a couple times. They don't really want to be in them barroom brawls that Ohio, that Georgia and Michigan. Right. Those guys want to get down and grapple. They don't really want. They can, but they don't really want to do that. They'd rather get back up and combo you to death until you're up out of there. But Ohio State has shown a lot of depth at the running back spot. Yeah. I mean, again, they just open another stall and out comes another horse to go run. Hayden. But to me, Dallin Hayden. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hayden. Dallin Hayden. Unreal. Who could pick up and start for half the top 25 teams? That's just for those of you at home. He's Ohio State's third running back. And the only reason he's in there is because the first two got banged up. But Ohio State. For C.J. Stroud, yes, yes. To me, he's been elite all year long. Now, they have been stalled. Teams have matched up with them schematically. Penn State went out there and showed you, like Hack's been saying all year, we built ourselves to run and play with you. Okay, deal. Big corners, big rush ends. We can we're, we can match your speed. Then it comes down to precision of the quarterback. And Stroud has been better than every quarterback that they have faced, bar none, the whole year through. And no defensive coordinator has ever boxed him in. They've slowed him down, but it's not like they have they have just effectively taken him out of games. And he's never had a meltdown. 
Corum, great story. But, and I think it's overplayed. Michigan's hopes are being down a little bit, fellas, because they're built for this. Really, whether it's C.J. Stokes or Donovan Edwards, I'm not saying Corum's not special. But when that right guard and center turn and pull, they're going to still turn and pull and clear out something for somebody. Sure, that they, Michigan offensive line felder, they are that's a rock star unit. I love and that they, the pin and pull that they run. I love it. And they this, but this is what they do. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. So those five guys, Greg, are going to turn to whoever's at running back and be like, listen, follow the hole. We got you. That's it. Run with two hands, follow us. And that's kind of it. Even McCarthy's going to be like, listen, and it's mostly going to be you. I'm just going to just kind of fill in where I can. So let's go do this thing. It's going to be a committee of dudes, but I bet they do start out with Corum. And what's the line, Greg, on the game? Minus eight over at Bet Rivers. Ohio State by eight points. I wonder what it was before before last weekend. Yeah. I believe from what I saw this morning, 95% of the money is on Michigan plus the points in this spot. Never usually a good thing to be with the public when you are betting. <laughs> uh, so – George, I just want to I want to pick at something or ask you a follow up on something you said. So you going through some of Ohio State's results on the season, right? Mm-hmm. You talk teams have sort of put them on the floor early or they, they've been in the muck, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to be there. They can go there, but they don't want to be there. Correct. That's exactly what Michigan wants to do. Though, Correct. Right. So is there is that something like schematically that maybe, you know, this is not Urban Meyer's Ohio State anymore it's there's a lot of things that look similar right but that mental burden of just oh we own you guys that's not there anymore after what happened last season that's gone that's gone and to me a ufc fighter versus a great boxer and you could use whatever method you want to come in here and use this is where you could sit around and think boy if this or if that Michigan has built itself because styles make fights. They have built themselves into the antidote into the antidote of what is Ohio State. We're, we're going to be the exact opposite. And we have seen that in college and pro football this year. Big time, high flying offenses, Felder. They can get choked out by a team going yeah. on a slow surging attack down the field, mm-hmm. very methodical just draining the life out of the clock and all your weaponry is safe and sound, but sitting on the sideline, you have no effect. Ohio state's front seven hasn't seen 18 play drives this year, 16 of them being on the ground. They haven't seen that Michigan did this to Penn state. They bludgeon them to death and they end in touchdowns. They don't just nick a field goal at the end of this stuff. It always usually ends in six. And then to make matters worse, a lot of these runs can spring for 40, 50, 55 yards. They can hit home runs rushing the ball. It is going to be interesting. The only real question is if Michigan falls behind by two touchdowns, it negates their whole style of play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you, you don't have that gear to downshift and go catch them. So as long as they can kind of stay in front of Ohio State, yeah, they they can take this twelve rounds. Well, that's 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 a big if, right? And this is the thing that I've been bothered by. Time of possession is it's a garbage stat. 
if you just keep having the ball for a long time, but you don't do anything with it, like, what are you even doing? It's, right. it's useless. If Especially when the other team can score in, I don't know, 36 seconds, or they can score in 72 seconds. And if they could score in that time though. Sure. But that's, that's a reality. Are, are we not going to pretend like that's not the reality with Ohio state? It is, but again, you you pointed out Northwestern locked them down for North, three yes. quarters, and it, but Indiana, I don't think I don't think that they got locked down in those games. I think they were working on things, mm. and I said that on the show. I think in in the Northwestern game, they were they knew that when they wanted to open it up, they could open it up, but yep. they were working on running the football, figuring yep. out who was going to be their go to running back. They were working on something. Um, the same thing goes for when they were playing, um, you mentioned Indiana, but they were working on things. We have to, fu- like, they, if they would have just opened up their full complement of offense against Northwestern, they would have just scored 50 points. And I got to say, I feel the same towards Michigan. People have been kind of chirping about McCarthy and grumbling about him. They're not going to open up that passing game. They're not going to truly show you what they are because Michigan felt their last couple weeks, we should be able to win this with jabs and hooks. Don't show combos. Got it. So you're right. I think they, they, and they think that about the opposite one. I'm 100% with you. We're on, we're on two different sides of that coin because I think they can't do it and they won't do it. Hmm. You don't think Michigan can or will? No, I don't. I, I saw it from Georgia. I see Michigan, and I don't think that they can or will do it. We saw drops. We saw miscommunications in the passing game just from just from Saturday. We saw drops. We saw miscommunications. We saw uh, errant throws. We saw all three of those things. So it was a quarterback and a wide receiver problem, and I don't think that that's something that is, is easily fixed as an Ohio State team that's like, you know what, we're just going to – I guess we're just going to run smash and mesh. Well, then that'll be on the Michigan offensive staff. Yes. Because you've had 12 months. Sure. To strengthen and and solidify that part of your game. We all know what you lead with. But the secondary part of your offense, that has to come on. And of all the heavyweight teams, I don't think anybody has a stronger lead hand than Michigan's run game. But also, I don't think anybody has a stronger secondary attack than Michigan's passing. Everybody else seems to, like, somehow, some way, have both functional, right? Yeah. So, anyway. Right. Yep. Speaking of functional, Greg, I know we got to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, well, let's jump in. Uh, and by the way, just quickly, we we set the lines up to minus eight. Producer Trevor dug this up for us. It was minus seven uh, last week. So it's only jumped a point with the injury, which surprises me a little bit. But let's get to our three stars. You know the drill. We've got a quarterback. We've got a skill guy. We've got a defender. We'll go around the horn. We'll go Felder. Then we'll go George. Then we'll go myself. Let's do our quarterbacks first. Felder, who's your quarterback this week? I'm going to go Max Duggan. I'm going to leave Spencer Rattler on the table for one of you guys. So I'm going Max. Um, This is a guy that threw for over 300. He ran for another touchdown, two touchdowns for him in a TCU game that they had to have it. George, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to leave Spencer Rattler, and again, we respect him, love the breakout. Caleb Williams for me, USC. Caleb Big Williams, game. it's all in front of him. 
I have to take Spencer Rattler. I'm changing my pick. I'm not even going to say who my original pick was. You leave me the guy with six touchdowns who beats Tennessee. Hell yeah, I'll take that guy. Felder, who's your skill guy? Who you got? I'm going Jordan Addison. Um, I Again, I've harped on this play consistently with him him coming out of the backfield, but he had over 170 yards receiving, and he just he's a, he's a big-time playmaker. I'm going with Dallin Hayden, Ohio State, next up, running mm-hmm. back, got a lot done. Uh, to finish the game for them. Uh, I'll go. I, I thought this was the performance of the week for me. B. John Robinson, 25 carries, 243 yards, four touchdowns, uh, ran for 10 yards a carry. They just obliterated Kansas. I didn't see that coming personally. Felder, defense, who you got? That hurt my Jayhawks a little bit, man. But I'm going to go J.L. Skinner. Two interceptions for for Boise State, a safety that just got went out there and got the job done. They needed that win to make sure that they put themselves in the Mountain West Championship game. Uh, I'm going I'm to let you go here first. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll take uh, an Oregon Duck here. I'm taking Bennett Williams, led the team in tackles, 14 of them on yeah. the day, two interceptions in that ballgame, just stupid numbers. Bennett Williams is my pick of the week. And my defensive pick wore a visor, not a helmet. South Carolina defensive coordinator Clayton White. Uh, the game plan he put together against uh-huh. Hendon Hooker and that those guys are hotter than fish grease. Alabama couldn't solve it. LSU couldn't solve it. South Carolina shut him down. Uh, Clayton White, South Carolina defensive coordinator. It's a hell of a pick. I think that's a first. I've been doing these three stars all year long. I think that's the first coordinator getting a there nod. There we go. So shout out to George yeah. Whitfield for playing that card for us. Uh, look, gentlemen, this was very fun. I love that we're in the home stretch of this season. I yeah. can just get the playoff juices going right now. I'm ready for elimination-style football this week when Michigan-Ohio State kicks off. Uh, we will be back here breaking it down every single What are you looking forward to the most for Thanksgiving? Oh, it's a great question. Mom stuffing is my answer. Mm. George? Uh, yes, the food, also the games. You sound yes. like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Greg, get us out of here. What, what, what's your answer? You can't blow that up and then not even give us That's an answer. What, what are you looking forward to? I cook everything, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Listen, I get all the above. The out. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we said this last week. I think Felder. Whenever the Field of Twelve has their their Thanksgiving get together one day, we got Felder uh, in the kitchen for us. So uh, you can only guess what that entails. Maybe Felder will tweet out a picture of it. I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving to you two gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving, to everybody watching, and we will be back here tomorrow night once again on the Field of Twelve after dark.